So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, lords, ladies, cats, dogs, birds, bats, ants. What have we not included, Megan? I think you got it all, hon. Unicorns. Aw, we love the unicorns. The queen, chicks with dicks, men with clits. It is season two, episode 18 of the world famous Top 5% So I Married an Alcoholic podcast. I'm Chris, I'm an alcoholic. And I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. A friendly reminder that my pronouns are junkie and alcoholic, and now including asshole. Yeah, I mean, not now including. I think that was the original. Well, we had a listener reached out to us the other day and said, you know, I really appreciate the fact that you're using your pronouns and using them correctly. I definitely think in terms of where we are in the world in 2022 that you should also be inclusive and add asshole. I love that listener. And I was like, done. MVP of listeners. Thank you for your feedback. We appreciate it. By the way, it's so I married an alcoholic at gmail.com. Feel free to like, follow, share any of our social posts. You can find us at So I Married an Alcoholic. And of course, well, the lovely TikTok is included. Yes. That's right. We don't really Twitter that much. We don't tweet. No, I don't actually think we've ever tweeted. I think maybe it goes there automatically, like the link. It might. But. I'm going to be honest with you. I think I've checked the Twitter like a half a dozen times in my entire life. Yeah, it's confusing to me. It's really not my thing. Sometimes I think I'm getting a message like it'll say at whatever, which is us. And then I'm like, but it's not. So I don't know. I don't think you can at yourself. No, I know. Like it looks like someone's trying to at me, but I don't. I bet if you could at yourself, you would, you selfish fuck. <laughs> but I can never find it then, so I have no idea what's happening on the Twitter. Too I'm mystified funny. by it. I ran into uh, one of our neighbors the other day. He was saying, he's like, uh, are you still doing the podcast? And I was like, yeah, why? And he's like, oh, I noticed the sticker's not on the car anymore. And I was like, yeah, you know, I got a new car. I haven't put the the so i married an alcoholic podcast decal on the car a couple weeks ago i was out with some clients who actually listen to the podcast so they know without any question who i am um and i've also gotten friendly with them so you know as soon as i open my mouth it's obviously no question who i am we were leaving the house they wanted to put an offer in on it i'm sure you all know this market is absolutely insane and I went to send my feedback to the other agent, and then I got a notification that the house was under contract. And immediately I got all up in my shit. You thought it was your sticker? I thought it was my fault. I was like, oh my God, they know I'm a junkie. They're going to fire me, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not putting it on the car. Really? Yeah, all you get is a realtor and a baby license plate. I kind of actually feel some way about you not putting it on the car. I'm going to be honest. Well, call your sponsor. It's not an issue with my sponsor. It's one with my husband. Which one? Asshole, I believe he said he goes by. <laughs> Thank you for using my pronouns, darling. No problem. Just trying to be respectful. The amount of respect that you throw my way is unimaginable. Yeah. And All undeserved. Right. And deserved, certainly. N- undeserved. Oh, undeserved. Yeah, you misheard that. No, I didn't listen. Okay. I'm just, you know, trying to be me. Yeah. 
So we have just a couple of weeks left until the Team Foster event. We are growing, but we still need your help. There are several slots left, let's be honest. Yes. We need the help. So go to teamfoster.org. Go under events, Rough Ride Philly. It's June 4th and 5th at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. Click on the So I Married an Alcoholic team. Join a team. If you're not up for peddling, you are certainly welcome to donate. Again, all of the proceeds go to Connecting Veterans with Service Dog. It's an organization that Megan and I stand behind wholeheartedly. We absolutely love them. It's a great mission. It's a great concept. And frankly, you know, it's a need that not a lot of people fill appropriately. Does that make sense? Completely agree. You know, it's again, anybody can order a service dog vest off of Amazon. That is not how Team Foster does it. They do it right, which is why we stand behind them. Absolutely. So come pedal with us and support a great organization. And hang out in Megan's new RV. I know. How about that? Never thought you'd be an RVer. I, d- I didn't either. I, this marriage is full of surprises. I like to trash you down, mm-hmm. if you will. I like it. How's that going? I mean, so far, so good. Yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah, right? Sure. You went from a big old house to this dump. Oh, we have a beautiful home. Eh, it's all right. Okay. It's got to go. Keep going. It's like everything else. It's got to go. Get rid of it. Oh, my God. I'm on a mission to get rid of all of the shit. Yeah, but you don't like do it appropriately. I'm not even getting into this. I'm just saying. Okay. So, anywho, we took a little break. We did. Cousin Katie, the official babysitter of the So I Married an Alcoholic podcast, reached out to me. I actually had a couple people reach out to me concerned. They were like, what's going on? Yeah. I was like, so, actually, nothing. Like, things are okay. I mean, you know, Megan's Megan. I make it worse. It -hmm. is what it is. But it's also, I mean... Not that we are unappreciative or ungrateful for doing this, but it is a grind. Yes. And I think we're moving to a better place. Chris had a major listing that just went under contract. I finished up my last 50-hour work week last week. So, you know, I got to work like the normal people do now for Mm. the summer. And so we're going to pull it back together. Yeah. But it's, you know, again, it's hard. It's hard doing life and then coming and doing this. Like, it's just, it's a big time commitment. And again, we are happy to do it. We love doing it. All of the feedback that we get keeps us going. Just every now and then, you know. We get tired. We need to just do us. Yeah. So we're good. I promise you. I think. Are we? I don't listen. I don't know. Yeah, we're good. Oh, that's convincing. Yeah, for now. One one moment at a time, honey. Until. (laughs) Speaking of which, can you hear this? Lally sipping your coffee. Mm. Does anybody want to take a wild guess as to what that is? Is it overpriced cat shit coffee? That is a $200 cup of coffee. It better not be. Brought to you by Realtorandababy.com. Realtorandababy.com for all of your real estate needs. And also the show sponsor, Marlane Graphics. MarlaneGraphics.com for all of your printing needs. Shall we PSA? I mean, I guess. Do you have one? I do. I think it's also important to mention that this PSA, as well as all of the other PSAs, are brought to you by Auntie Gapey's House of Fetishes. Auntie Gapey's House of Fetishes for all of your double penetration needs. The summer travel season is officially upon us. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I don't know how many people are actually going to be traveling at $5 a gallon of gasoline. Ridiculous. But did you know, Megan, that keeping your tires inflated at the suggested tire pressure can save not only the tread wear, but also improves your gas mileage? I did not know that. It's, it's something like insignificant, 3% or something like that. However, again, at $5 a gallon, I will take the additional 3%. Imagine how sexually satisfied if I gave you an extra 3% of penis. I'd probably be 1.5% more sexually satisfied than am I, I am already by you, honey. I'd take it. Okay. You'd take it, too. So, yeah, it's good to strive for big things. Yeah, sure or is. Or medium. Slightly below average. <laughs> that extra 3% isn't going to bump you to the next level. Unfortunately not. <laughs> okay. This PSA brought to you by Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes. Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes for all of your double penetration needs. What would you like to get into, my love? Well, I think we should wish everyone a happy belated Mother's Day. Oh, that's very nice of you. Very thoughtful. I know. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. And I thought with the season of Mother's Day... Mm. We could talk about being a mother. Not you per se. I have nothing to give. But you can have your turn in a month when it's Father's Day. Fair enough. So Mother's Day got me thinking about my best and worst mothering moments. <laughs> this ought to be enchanting. And I don't have many with Frankie yet. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I, she's going to be... Two years old. Actually, I think on release day. She is. Yeah, so Wednesday is May 11th, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yep, so Frankie will officially be two years old. Now, again, you've spent a lot of time working these past two years. Mm-hmm. So I think it's only fair that you not have a worst parenting moment yet, although I'm sure in the, the season of nitpicking, well, I could come up with a few. I mean, she's busted her lip a couple times, and I've been a witness to one or two of those. So, I mean, I guess that counts. I, she also ate shit. I wasn't there for that. Let's not forget that. That was all on you. But, again, since it's Mother's Day month, we will give Megan her due. Um, so, I didn't. I don't really have much for Frankie yet. Okay. So but I think that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. Let's address the first child. So I started thinking about this because I actually had what I feel are two of my greatest parenting moments with Mac this week. So we're going to do best and worst? Yes. Yeah, do you want me to go worst first? Should mm -hmm. we kick off negatively? No, no. You do you. Let's just go like one and one. Okay. I only can think of one bad one. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure I have a million, but. I'm sure you do too. <laughs> anyway. No. So this week was Mother's Day. And I already knew this. Last weekend, I did a girls weekend. And we can get into that later in the show. Chris and I both spent time separately kind of hanging with our friends. Yes, we did. And I did a girls weekend and Mac had a basketball tournament and my dad had taken him on Sunday morning to his game. Mm -hmm. And they have a really special bond with Mac. He was the only grandchild for seven years. Mm. So he was kind of like the world, you know. The sun set on him. Like everything was about Mac for the first seven years. So they have a really special bond with him. As it should be, right? Yeah, definitely. I was the oldest too. Like it's a good place to be. 
after the game, they were going to, my dad's like, oh, I'll take you to, I'll take you to breakfast. And then Max like, all right. And then after breakfast, Pop, will you take me out to go get my mom a gift for Mother's Day? Oh. And I just thought that was so sweet. And I know I've talked about him before on this podcast about what a sweet, thoughtful kid he is. Mm -hmm. But that right there, just asking my dad is a great parenting moment. I mean, that was the Mother's Day gift, honestly. The thought that he was so thoughtful, um, you know, to me that says, like, I've taught him well. You know, you think about other people, you honor other people, you celebrate other people. And I just was super touched by that. Yeah. And he was very cute. He got me a necklace and a mug and a candle. And as he told me, candy and what was left of it because he ate most of it. I don't really blame him. No, it's all right. And then uh, a card that he also picked out himself. And in another sweet moment, he signed it from him and Frankie. Ah, uh, that's awesome. I know. I thought that was really cute. That's incredibly thoughtful. So that was just, I don't know. For me, that was like the best Mother's Day I could have had. Nice. And then I was also start to think about like the worst parenting moments. And mm-hmm. I can tell you the low moment I had in parenting. And there was a lot um, because he was, you know, there when I went to rehab. I was gone for 28 days. That was a very traumatic experience. He was seven years old in first grade. Yeah. So he was a kid. Um, and the toughest moment from that, though, when it really sunk in was a couple months after, I guess. Hmm. He asked me, um, like, Mom, what was it? You know, like, I I don't understand why this happened. You Mm -hmm. know? And I kind of tried to explain it to him like you can to a seven-year-old. You know, Mommy was sick. She was drinking too much. She had to go away and get help. And, you know, it's because I was sad and I was anxious and life had been hard. And, you know, I tried explaining to him the best I could. And he said to me, I wish you would have told me sooner because we could have figured it out together. That's incredible. It is. But talk about a knife through the heart. Yeah. And I said to him, like, Mac, no, like that wasn't your job. Like I'm the mom. You're the kid. It's not your job to worry about me. Mm -hmm. And on a daily basis, I think I still replay that moment in my mind. Crazy. Yeah. So what was that like going to rehab? You know, the the marriage was the marriage. Work is work. A lot of things are just that. They're very on the surface. This is something that, I mean, not only affected you profoundly, but also affected your son profoundly. Yeah, and I'm sure as he gets older, we'll have many questions and, like, conversations about it. Um, but, again, I hid a lot of it. He had no reason to believe that his life was anything but perfect. Mm-hmm. We traveled, we had beautiful things, we took them to all these places. You know, I, I often joke that I would be out drinking, you know, go to sleep, wake up, flip pancakes, you know, pack school lunch, be the chaperone on the field trip, and then do it all again the next night. Like, right. I was living such a outward lie. And it, it wasn't a lie how much I loved my kid. I loved him to pieces. Yeah, no, absolutely not. But just, you know, for him, his world was so rocked because one day I put him on the bus in the morning and then I didn't come home for 28 days. Mm. And actually, the day I got out, my mom picked me up and I went back to get my car, which hadn't been started in 30 days. 
and I drove to go to the store because I, you know, we needed milk and I was going to make Mac dinner and I didn't really know where I was going, where I was going to stay. Like I, I had all these things that I hadn't really figured out yet, but I was going to be home in time to pick him up at school. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the Costco parking lot and the battery in my car died. Ooh. And I had to call AAA and it took them forever to get there, like hours. And so I had to call someone to pick Mac up at school. And then I wasn't home. And he thought I was coming home that day. So it was really hot out because it was the like last day of May. And it was really, really hot. So when I finally got home, after they jumped my car, he was sitting in the garage, sitting there waiting for me, dripping in sweat. And for a really long time after, anytime I left the house, you know, to go to work, to go anywhere, he almost had like a little, um, definitely had anxiety about it. Yeah. Because again, one morning I put him on the bus like I did every morning and then I didn't come back for 28 days. Yeah. No, you literally disappeared. Like there was no conversations that were had with him that was very done. I I don't want to say like in the dark. But I think for lack of a better term, I think he was definitely kept in the dark and probably or maybe not hindsight, you know, was for the best. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I should have had that conversation with him first. I'm not sure. Now, I wrote him letters like every day I was there. Mm -hmm. I also he my parents brought him to visit me every Sunday. Do you think that in and of itself was a mistake? And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it was. I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, dissect that a little bit. I don't necessarily think it was a mistake. Um, or maybe not a mistake, but do you think it was harder on him seeing you in that environment? And again, those of you that have not been to rehab, you know, rehabs are typically not like necessarily a, a, a sterile medical facility does that make sense yeah I mean they're often very dressed up clinical settings right yeah I mean where I was was pretty bright and airy there was a nice outdoor area um there was vending machines so we loved snacks oh who does I used to like save my change to buy him snacks you know what I mean um and he would he'd come running down the hallway I, I think that's another moment that sticks out in my mind forever is that seven-year-old running down the hallway carrying this like single flower in a flower pot that he had made in school because I celebrated Mother's Day in there. And then tripped eight ago. shit and the flower smashed <laughs> on the floor. No, but I mean, uh. talk about feeling like a deadbeat, right? Your first grader is yeah. running down the hall of rehab to give you your Mother's Day gift. I mean, again, like, yes, I, I'm sure that was a horrendous experience to go through, but... I mean, the reason that you are here is because you took that initial step, you know? No, I agree. But I don't regret him coming to see me. I think he needed it. He needed to see me every week and make sure I was okay. Okay. And it was nice. Like, we spent those two hours together, just me and him. I mean, my parents were there, but they kind of just let us do our thing. And I also think, you know, there's so many things that kids shouldn't see. Mm. Like, I don't think he ever needs to know the depths of my drinking or despair or any of that. But seeing me there 
trying to get well, I, I do think that's important. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You can email us and tell me I'm wrong because I, I really don't know. I don't think they give you a book on like, I'm sure there are books, but on, you know, <laughs> since I like decided to go to rehab at like 6.50 in the morning, it was, you know, there right after the bus left. I didn't really have time to read anything. No, but you did have time to get a mattress topper, which is interesting. Priorities. Yeah, about you know. what you tell your kid when you're going to rehab. I'm sure. not sure. So I don't know. Do you have a thoughts on that? You seem to. No, actually, I don't. I wasn't saying that accusingly. I was just curious. Oh, no, you 100% were. I wasn't. But... Well, that's okay. Like the good host that I am, I will disarm you with charm and wit <laughs> and talk about your first husband that sent you to rehab. I don't necessarily think there is a right answer. No, I know. And I don't think that it's a one-size-fits-all type deal. I think it definitely revolves around that, that relationship that you have with that child, the age of the child. This could be right or wrong, but maybe what plays into that decision is how much or how little that child has seen or observed, be it with their eyes or ears. Because typically it's not just, you know, mommy's in a closet like railing bottles of vodka. Yeah. I mean, typically, and I'm going to use the word, it's a little more violent and I don't mean violent like physically violent. I mean, there's probably more shouting. There's arguments. You know, things of that nature. It's not just, I dropped you off at the bus stop and now I'm going to go to rehab. Like, there's a lot more that goes into or that plays into the events that lead up to you going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I don't think I know how or have. I know he forgives me. Oh, without question. But no, do I think there'll have to be more of those harder conversations as he gets older? Yeah. Sometimes he does still ask me about it. Do you feel like you owe him an explanation? And I want you to think about that question not from your own personal guilt, but more of a does it serve the greater purpose for the child knowing that this was what had to be done? Does that make sense? I think that part is okay. I mean, like, you're going to carry that guilt with you till the end of time, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, let's, let's call it what it is. Let's 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 put that off to the side, leave it be, because nothing is going to change that. I don't care the amount of therapy that you all could go through. Nothing is going to change that, right? But do you feel that it served the child best? Do you feel like that you owe him an explanation? And again, this is, I mean, it's been what, four years? Yeah. So your answer may have been totally different three and a half years ago. But I, from where you stand now. I think that. I think my voice sounds amazing tonight. I'm happy for you, hon. I think my Thank you. explanation to him, I try to keep simple. And maybe he'll have more questions about that later in life. Like. I take full, complete blame for it. I explained to him that I'm, I was sick. Sometimes people are sick, you know, that type of thing that I could not stop drinking, that I needed help to stop. I never blame anyone else or anything like that to him because quite frankly, it wasn't their fault. But I do. No. Do I think that he needs the dirty details of what led up to it? No, I don't because I don't think that serves him. And do you think that answer would change 10 years from now? 
I don't necessarily. Sure. Maybe if he was going through something in his life where I thought it could help him by knowing anything. Some sort of relevance. Yeah. Then maybe I would share my personal experience with him. Um, Okay. But I don't. I I think there's some things that children don't have to know about their parents. Okay. Does that make sense? I mean, yes and no. I don't know. What do you think? Like, does, frankly, does Frankie need to know every dirty detail of all of the, well, uh, wonderful and horrific things that I've done? Not necessarily. But I also think that it's almost important to address the the not so fantastic things that I've done maybe at a very high level yeah to help them avoid those pitfalls but at the same time I, we've all you know sat in the auditoriums growing up and listened to the dare program or had guest speakers come into school and my mom may have still have my dare diploma which we found this weekend that's a whole different I'm going to behave. Okay. That's good. Yeah. The restraint that I have, the the professional restraint that I have is amazing. But back to Frankie. I do think it's important, you know, maybe on a high level because, oh yeah, I already said that. Because again, like, you know, we are all individuals, and to a certain extent, we forge our own paths, our own destinies. And I think that sometimes too much information is just that. I agree. Because I you turn it off. I even think about that, though, like when we talk about sharing our story in AA. I, I still think that, too. When I talk about some of the bad and ugly, I do it more at a high level. No one needs to hear me go on my warpath stories about how horrendous my drinking was or, you know, the behaviors that I had because I was drinking. Like, that part isn't important in my story. Maybe it is to say, can you relate? Everyone can relate that's an alcoholic because they've all done similar shit. But I don't think that serves anyone in a sense. Maybe to say, like, I went from this low to this amazing place and that's possible right but I don't know I don't necessarily think sharing uh, sometimes I think like when people talk about stuff like that too much and it's not that I'm ashamed of it like of course I'm ashamed of stuff I did but I, I think it's only important to share that if it would really reach another person I think a lot of that's just filler like sometimes it almost comes off as like this is the wrong word but not really in our circle like bragging about it like drunk a lot like I don't I don't think that's important or serves the next alcoholic I don't think it serves our kids that's my personal opinion no I agree and as far as the sharing in the meetings goes like I operate under the assumption that if I'm chairing a meeting and you're in the audience and I'm looking at you like you've done some fairly fucked up shit yeah totally you've done what i've done maybe worse maybe not as bad but like we've all done the same like the point you know our stories are all a little different but where alcohol brought us is all similar yeah exactly you you earn that seat one way or another yeah totally so i don't i don't know happy you're here and like i said i honestly answer his questions Um, I keep it age level appropriate. I don't tell him information that I think would do more harm than good. 
And I never bring anyone else into it. I only own my part of it. And that's all you can do, right? Yeah. Keep your side of the street clean. Exactly. So this got a little dark and heavy. I almost had some tears there. I wasn't really anticipating that. You're such a pussy. I know. I really just had a really funny, awesome story that was my high parenting moment of all times to tell tonight on air. Well, what did you what did you say to me when I was telling my story? I'm not going to let you tell the Disney princess version. Yeah, no, I got, you totally so robbed a, me I'm, of it. I'm not going to let you be like, oh, I went to rehab and then I was homeless at my parents' beach house. No, fuck that. Tell me how you feel. Tell yeah. me how you felt. I, no, I felt like shit. It was awful. Yeah. No, totally. And I think any mother that's been through this has felt that way. And I've said this a million times. I think people that listen resonate with it because we hear that a lot, that You know, I have admitted to the fact that no matter how much I love my child, I couldn't stop drinking for them. And I think that's as real, honest, and awful as it gets. Absolutely. And there's a lot of people that I think, unfortunately, will never be able to appreciate that statement or wrap their heads around it. But that is how powerful and insidious this disease is. Let me tell you something. I have been with Megan for almost four years now actually be four years in two months yeah something like that june july i don't know i I was on a lot of dating websites but that's neither here nor there nobody loves their kid more than megan loves her son not my daughter not sure i love them both equally her son because he is cut from a different cloth he's a good kid he grew up in greenwich village i grew up in But I think that speaks volumes to the fact that nothing was going to change if you wanted to get a drink or not. Not not the love of your son, not the price of gas, not the cost of tea in China, not nothing. No, nothing. Absolutely nothing. And sobriety has given me this amazing ability to love him even more, which is so incredible. And, you know, all, all my loved ones. Oh. I know, I know. So here is my real Mother's Day story that I wanted to tell. Oh, thank God. When <laughs> we're, we're running out of tape. <laughs> Sorry about that. So Mac, the other day, comes home. It was, I guess, last Friday or whatever. He comes bounding up the stairs, and I was actually already home. It wasn't bounding. It's like an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? 11-year-olds don't move quietly. No. But anyway, he comes up the stairs, and he goes, Mom, we had the talk today. Oh, this is epic. You don't even know it. So I was like, you did? And he's like, yeah. I knew he had the talk. I signed the permission slip. And I was like, well, how was it? And he's like, it was good. He's like, she said she was a mom and a nurse. So she's already heard everything. It's a true story. And I was like, very true. Probably takes it in the butt as well. Now, Matt goes to a Catholic school, so I'm sure it was puberty talk light. But that's totally fine. So anyway, he says to me, I said, well, do you have any questions? And he's like, oh, I asked them. And I was like, you did? did and he's like yeah I asked her and I was like I'm really proud of you bud like that's really brave to ask those questions you know I wouldn't have been brave enough to do that so anyway I said well what did you ask and he asked about like sweat glands on your hands and if they get better as you get older because when he gets nervous his hands get sweaty (laughs) oh that's cute it was cute and then he's like I don't think some people were taking the question seriously though 
And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, someone asked if a boner was the same as an erection. <laughs> I mean. And then we were shocked by who asked it. It wasn't who we were expecting. It's all, So first of all, it's always the quiet ones. Always. The quiet girls that you meet at the bar are the ones that like end up choking you and punching you in the face, you know, just an hour or two later. Not that you want to know from experience? No, I do. I, I had a feeling. I'm glad you got to tell everyone that, honey, so they can put that other notch on your belt. That's right. So anyway, um, then he says to me, do you know what the three E's are? And I was like, um. <laughs> Trying to think how to explain this I was to like, an e 11 year old. E no, I don't actually. I, maybe if I was a real doctor, I would, but I don't. Exactly. Thank you. So he's like erection, ejaculation and emission. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, do you know what wet dreams are? And I was like, that I do know. And he's like, perfectly normal. Everyone has them. <laughs> so I was like also true Now I have been holding this story in Because I didn't want him to be here When I told you Ah. So now the next day Because you know me I'd be like right into it Yeah Actually I think I was there for the erection Or boner Yeah that part maybe Yeah And when I tell you it took Every stitch of my being To not be like all right, child, let me tell you the difference between an erection and a boner. <laughs> so anyway, the next day I'm driving him to my brother's because my parents were taking him to basketball because I was going to meet my friends in D.C. Speaking of boners. Anyway, he's like, he, he's been thinking about this talk like a lot. Oh, yeah, he's cycling right Totally now. is. So we're driving. He's like, hey, mom. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I think maybe I'm starting puberty. And I was like, you do? Are you getting like hair under your armpits or like down at your privates? And he's like looking. He's like, well, no. And I was like, well, you really light hair. That may actually come like a little bit later for you. He's like, no, but you know, I, I think sometimes my voice cracks. I'm having those mood swings they talked about. You sure are, you little shit. And, you know, the other thing. And I like kind of look at him. And he's like, wet dreams? He's like, but I'm not sure. And I was like, I think you'll know. I think a great stepfather move in this particular circumstance is to get him like a bag of crew socks. I don't even know what to say about that, but I, I feel like will that's appropriate. Say, number one, this was one of my biggest adulting moments ever <laughs> because I listened intently. I answered all his questions. I did not smirk. I did not smile. I focused on the road. I was very understanding. And, you know, he said to me, he's like, well, mom, you're my person. I'll tell you everything. And I reminded him again about how maybe there will be some things that he wants to keep private. The wet dreams. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. And I called my mom, though, to tell her about it. That's disturbing. And we were like, you know, giggling because it was so cute and so innocent. But I said to her, so I was wait a like, minute. Wait, 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 wait. You and Mimi talked about boners? Oh, yeah. My mom knows. She told my dad. She told my brother, who still hasn't recovered from the conversation, and said <laughs> his son has to live here for two weeks after he has the talk because he is not going to be able to handle it. And I said, though, to my mom, I said, I have to tell you right now, this was the pinnacle of my parenting. It's interesting. The fact that my 11-year-old son feels comfortable telling these things to his mom that spent 28 days in rehab hmm. makes me feel like I have A, gained his trust back, and B, am his person. Like, he trusts me beyond belief. I would have never said the word boner to my mother. 
I can't wait to see your mother again. <laughs> oh, she'll love to talk about it. She thought it was the most adorable story also. Be like, hey, Mimi, boner. So anyway, I kept that story in from you because I was like, he needs to vacate the premises before I tell Chris. And Chris needs time to, I, I guess, decompose, not decompose, depose, de- decondition, get it out of his system okay, before good. he returns back to us. Good. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, I, I thought so. Wait to care, tear that kid a new asshole. Don't you dare. I'll be like, hey, bro. And I guess in the future, one of my poorest parenting moments will be if like he ever listens to this or like one of his friends do and they tell him about how his mom talked about the puberty talk on air. No. No. <laughs> Hopefully by the time he ever hears this, he'll appreciate it. It's 2022. You know when we're in real trouble is when he comes home and asks what a boner garage is. <laughs> I don't know what that is, so I'll have to direct him your way. That was your nickname in high school. <laughs> so anyway, I uh, we've come full circle. We sure have. I have hit the lows of parenting, and then in the drive to basketball, my son told me about his wet dreams, and I'm pretty sure I'm number one mom. That's amazing. <laughs> you're clearly a fucked up individual. That I am. Your son's talking about his nocturnal emissions, and you are like, this is the highlighting of my parenting I'm just career. saying, I think that's pretty damn good. Oh, my God. You need therapy. What are your thoughts on that, honey? I literally have nothing for you right now. Actually, I can post a video. I have remembered. That's fucked up. Number, not that. My number one Frankie parenting moment. I got to find the video and post it. It's when I taught her. Do you remember when she was sitting in her high chair? And I taught her who let the dogs out. And she goes, woof, woof. All right, we're running out of tape. Okay. Don't forget, sign up for the Team Foster event. Team Foster Rough Ride. June 4th and 5th, Philadelphia, Lincoln Financial Field. Follow us, like us, listen, share, all of that happy, joyous, free bullshit. All of our social media is at So I Married an Alcoholic. Happy Mother's Day to all you loving, amazing moms, except for my mom because she told me to kill myself. And I guess that's about it. Happy Mother's Day. I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Cut off your pets' privates. And please, if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.